this episode of Boy Meets World. It's episode 12 from season one. The title is Once in Love with Amy. And the synopsis from Disney Plus says, Corey and Eric discover that Amy has been lying about her whereabouts. So anything you want to mention about the synopsis before you start rolling, Mark? Um, I think that's straight to the point. Like you, okay. you have one sentence to say the storyline. So I yeah. think that's an accurate portrayal. Yeah. Uh, this, like the last episode, I think is basically a one storyline episode. There's yes. kind of a secondary story, which we'll get to, but it's not as strong as some of the others. Like going back to episodes nine or 10. Mm-hmm. So we open up in the kitchen and Eric's on the phone uh, talking to apparently Kristen. And he's yeah, another girl. Yeah, yeah. He says, I'm sorry I didn't call you back. And then he says, uh, do you forgive me? And then he does this thing where he looks at the phone to show that she clearly hung up on him. And he says, apparently not. <laughs> and uh, he says to, to Corey, you know what the big difference is between guys and girls? Girls want commitment. Guys want girls. <laughs> <laughs> Very astute observation. Yeah. And Corey says, what's wrong with commitment? What a good little boy. And then uh, and Eric says, you're so 11. Um Alan walks in and he has a rose, which apparently he stole from Feeney's yard. Yeah, uh, but it was on their tag. side of the fence. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that actually makes it his though? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it depends what it is, right? If I'm it's a tree like branch, it's somebody else's unequ- responsibility. Unequivocally. Um, no, it doesn't make it his, but uh, as a kid, I could see myself rationalizing that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's on my side of the property. I guess it depends on what you're doing. Like, uh, I mean, at the same time, Feeney kept all those balls. So. He sure did. Sure. Um, yeah. yeah, they were on his side of the fence. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, he has a, a rose that he clipped from uh, from Feeney's rose bush, I guess. And um, and uh, Corey says, you better be careful because I think Feeney numbers those things. So Amy walks in, and she's basically just kind of frantic and can't really be bothered. And she's looking for some of her papers for a real estate deal. And, yeah. uh, and Alan's, like, trying to compliment her, tell her that she looks nice and – he tries to give her a hug, and she she turns around to yell for Morgan to come downstairs for breakfast. Um, and uh, she goes to she eventually goes to ba- goes back to hug Alan, and then she gets interrupted by Corey. And then uh, the the oven dings, so she has to pull something out of the oven. Um, and then someone who's outside, you know, hits the horns. You have all these little interruptions as Alan is just trying to get Amy's like affection and attention. Right. Mm-hmm. And she tried to return it once, but things kept, uh, bothering her, which is setting up our first storyline here. Uh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and the phone rings and Eric says, Eric answers the phone and hangs up and says, that was Judy, queen of zits. She has a cold and can't babysit. Mm-hmm. And then Corey says, good, because between her nose running and her zits popping, I don't want her in the house. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is the meanest thing I think I've heard on this show. This is yeah. so mean. She's a babysitter, and she's, I guess, a teenager. So what? She got some acne problems. <laughs> and, and they just hit the laugh track. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Acne's funny. <laughs> Being a teenager is not tough enough. No, she's sick and she has zits. What a disgusting loser. <laughs> like, what the hell, man? Any comments yeah. about any of this crap? Um, is this the first indication that we have that Amy actually has a job? Because everything no. prior to this episode was like, I felt like she didn't work. 
No, it's not. Um, okay. She mentions uh, working in real estate. Uh, ooh, there's an episode. Hold on. Remember the one where Corey fakes, uh, like he like, cheats on an intelligence test at school? Oh, sure yeah. That, right? Mm-hmm. And the that snotty lady comes over with the British accent. And That's they explain right. their, their roles. Yeah, they explain their careers. And Amy says, you know, that she's a. I think Alan says on Amy's behalf, she's a successful real estate agent and That's you know, right. manages to wrangle wrangle the kids. So, no, it's not the mm-hmm. first time. Some continuity is always good on this show, which is hard to find, which is where we got the title of the show from the first place. Yeah, I was just thinking back to the last episode where she made the comment like that she has to deposit Alan's check so the family can do the things that it does. Yeah. Like, it, it kind of implied, like, in that episode, she wasn't working at that point. Like, Alan well, was carrying the family. So I don't. I really don't know anything about real estate, but I'll tell you what I, what I would presume is that you can kind of do it part time and have some flexibility, and that's probably that's what true. she's doing as as a mom, right? You know, it's yeah. not like you have you have to be in the office maybe for some things, but not like you have traditional office hours. So, um, after Corey says that gross thing about zits popping and nose running, he looks at like his peanut buttered bread and drops it and says, "I'm done." Um, and Amy says she'll have to look up for a backup sitter. And Eric says, don't worry about it, you know, because he has no social life, he'll babysit. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Amy threatens Morgan, who's upstairs, that she's going to give her oatmeal to the dog. You know, yeah, she what dog? And Eric says, we don't have a dog. And she says, well, excuse me for improvising. Um, this is one of those things like, uh, you know, it's not really that funny. No. <laughs> I just no. don't know. Um, it's just not that good. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, as, then she leaves into the living room, and Corey asks if he can order pizza. You know, while his uh, mom is bowling tonight, and Alan is at his manager's meeting. So that's what they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So after this real estate deal and whatever Amy has going on during the day, she's going to go bowling in her bowling league. Alan's going to a manager's meeting. Um, so Corey asks for like a hundred bucks for pizza, which is mm-hmm. a good try, and he gets twenty. Yeah. Now, 20 is not enough, by the way. It's not enough for the pizza and the tip, but uh, that's what he gets, 20 bucks. And, um, I think you can get a plain pie for like 13, 14 bucks. I, I don't do delivery, I don't so. Know. Well, at least not nowadays you can't. So Yeah, I'd be pushing it. Yeah. So um, Plus, they have to pay for a delivery because none of them can drive. So Yeah, well, I mean, Eric tip the driver. could. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he could do that thing he did in the last episode, right? The reference yeah. of driving around the block. So Eric takes the rose from his dad, you know, what he stole from Freeney's yard, and he's going to try to give it to Kristen. Um, he and Corey leave, and Morgan comes down the stairs to eat her oatmeal, and it's basically completely solid. So she pulls yeah. it out of the bowl, and it's solid, and that's it. Yeah, I, I've never had that happen of you. It doesn't happen. That would It would take forever for that to happen. Yeah, it'd have to be like put in a freezer. I mean, it would thicken, but in mm-hmm. the time it takes to basically make a breakfast and try to get ready for school or whatever, no. It wouldn't get solved. Uh, yeah, if that worked at cleaning out the bowl, like I think life would be easier. Like That'd nothing, co- it does not come out of the bowl that easy. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's like one of the worst things to clean when you're doing dishes. Not even their imaginary dog would eat that. No, like that. So, so our next scene, we're in class, and they're doing this math word problem, mm-hmm. and uh, and I believe the problem is you have you have two people. They're both washing a car. One person, it takes them six minutes to wash the car by themselves. The other person takes them seven. How long will it take if they do it together? And Corey thinks it's easy and basically thinks it's like uh, the number in the middle. 
like mm-hmm. at six and a half. Or Split six, the difference. Six and a half minutes, right. And then Minkus gets up to say, well, actually, like he literally gets up and walks to Corey's desk and is staring at him with his back to Mr. Feeney. And he does all the math in his head and explains that the answer is four and a half because mm-hmm. no matter how slow the one person is, they won't slow down the other, blah, blah, blah. And Feeney says that he's wrong too. And Minkus is just baffled that he's actually wrong. And Feeney says, you know, the law of averages better than I do. And ba- and it was bound to catch up with you. So I think technically he was right. And I'm pretty sure we had math problems like that I when we were in school too. Sure. So yeah. I, I don't know. This is the best example that they could have yeah. used to get to the point that they end up getting to later in the episode. So here's my, uh, my issue with this. So first of all, I actually think he's right. And, but it's based mm-hmm. off the assumption that nothing changes. There's no other factors. Mm-hmm. They're going to wash the car. They're not going to bump into each other. They're not going to run out of water. So just like you have that word problem where you have a train leaving from one station going this speed mm-hmm. and another one you know, le- like leaving from this station going this speed, when will they meet? That sort of thing. Yeah, when will they crash? You, yes. There's facts. Like you don't mm-hmm. throw in factors like, oh, this train's leaving from here, but the one guy's going to have to stop and take a bathroom break, and the other one's <laughs> going to have to unload some cargo. But he had a rough day yesterday, and his back hurts, so he's going to load it slower than usual. It's like, what? No, 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 no. You just go with the facts that you're given, and you figure yeah. up the math. You plot it on a graph, if you'd like, and you figure out where they're going to meet, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the answer should have been a logical one, not with all these extra factors. We're going to learn what the answer apparently is later. But yes, I'm with you where I want to actually get the math. So since uh, <laughs> when Minkus hears that he's wrong, he just gets up and starts leaving. And Mr. Phoenix says, where are you going? And he, his one word response is nurse. Um, and Corey and Sean are just thrilled that he's wrong. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then Topanga channels an ancient Egyptian mathematician. Mm-hmm. Who first solved this problem. And she closes her eyes and kind of looks up and makes this gargling sound. And uh, and Sean says, check, please, like, get me out of here. And Feeney yeah. checks her work that she's writing without looking at it and says that, uh, he says, oddly enough, you know, Topanga and her metaphysical lab partner got the answer right. And her eyes are still closed. Her, her head is still tilted up. Corey asks if you can see the answer, and she literally turns around and growls. Yeah, and um, her eyes are almost still completely closed. And Corey says, "Nice demon." Um, Feeney says, "Interesting, isn't it? You know, Minkus didn't get it. Topanga did, and uh, Corey would do well to consider that. You know, in his search for the right answer." So, and Corey says, "She's cheating. She copies off of dead guys." Yeah. Any other uh, any other comments so, in here, Mark? How could ancient Egyptians solve this problem if they didn't have cars? <laughs> <laughs> that's the first thing i thought it's like what what like no and- I, I i get that like ancient egyptians like are the founders of a lot of our math philosophies yes. um a lot of them were developed there so it makes sense that they would reference that when talking about math right. but again they didn't have cars no it, it, this is just <laughs> stupid um, like maybe they had to wash the stones for the pyramids or something <laughs> and if they uh <laughs> Or alien spaceships. Maybe they had to clean alien spaceships that helped them build the pyramids. I realize this is ridiculous. <laughs> yes, the alien spaceships. Um, <laughs> I don't believe no, that, Mark, by the we way. We need to review Ancient Aliens next. That's what we got to <laughs> I've Actually, never watched an episode. You're missing you, out. You might have to pull out, pull you in Kyle on that one. Let me, uh, so first of all, I'm going to Ancient <laughs> Aliens now. 
the first episode or two, they do it like for two hours because there's just so much to cover. Like you got to mm-hmm. get in the ancient alien mindset to see how wacky these people are. Where anything that they can't prove must have been aliens or could have been. And if it could have been aliens, then let's just assume what would have happened or did happen if it was aliens. And that's it. And when I say anything they can't explain, anything they can't explain is a lot. I'm not a scientist. (laughs) I don't know any of this stuff, but I have seen some videos of people breaking it down. No, that's clearly this, this is that. Like they aren't intelligent enough to speak on how it works. (laughs) So then they add, this is how it could have happened since it's not possible it would have happened otherwise. And it's just wild. It is, uh, it's entertaining. It's hilarious that it's on the History Channel, I think. Uh, <laughs> and there's even a spinoff show with one of the stars of the show, uh, the one whose hair is always sticking up really high. Yeah, the one that we see in the meme. Yep. Aliens. So, yeah, he has gotten his own show to still talk about fantastical things. Uh, and if it's not aliens, it's maybe, you know, Atlantis, I think. He did like an episode mm-hmm. on his, his other show, but. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, to come back to here, to <clears throat> to come back to this show, I feel like if she somehow, uh, we're going to suspend disbelief here, if she somehow was talking to ancient Egyptians, they would have just done the math problem logically and still would have given an actual numerical answer. Yeah. That's where I'm at with this. Anyway. I agree with you on that one. Yeah. Anything else? No. All right. So now we're in the kitchen, and uh, Corey and Sean are at the kitchen table with, uh, like, a Barbie car. I think yeah, they're, they're branded differently, but it's basically Barbie, right? Yeah, like Malibu Fred and yeah, I forget what the other one was called. Right. So they have the car and a doll. So Sean is, is there, and he's still very excited that Minka's got a problem wrong. And uh, they start to try to rationalize how Topanga would have gotten the answer, and Minka's couldn't. And Minka shows up at the back door, like, all disheveled. They let him in, and they're like, Minka's? And he says, I was, I used to be. Who's got the right answer? Yes, Mr. Minkus. That's correct. Another A for Mr. Minkus. Another A plus for Mr. Minkus. And he's basically just going nuts. And mm-hmm. uh, and Corey says, eh, so you're not a genius anymore. And Minkus says he's basically clueless and brain dead now. Yeah. And Sean says, that's not so bad. Um, and <laughs> he is also clueless and brainless. Um Minkus like shakes Corey by the shirt because he has to know the answer to this simple word problem, as he puts it. And uh, Corey says it's seven, and um, you know, Minkus just walks backward, you know, outside the the kitchen, staring at his hands. And uh, so now uh, Eric shows up, and um, he says they can use they can use the toy car, you know, the little Barbie doll toy toy car, to pick up the pizza. And uh, and Sean, you know, thanks them for the invite because you know, he says his mom was like, like looking at her. Let's have fun with liver cookbook. Aha! Another liver joke, Mark. Let's have fun <laughs> with liver cookbook. And um, Corey says, you know, doesn't your mom have bowling? You know, implying that uh, that she bowls with uh, with his mom. Yeah. And Sean says no. You know, that ended six weeks ago, and they start to get suspicious. And uh, and Amy shows up with what's supposed to be a bowling bag. And then she puts it down on the counter and walks off to say goodnight to Morgan. You know, Sean doubles down you know, on the fact that the league ended six weeks ago. So Corey does this thing where he's like, uh, I'm going to prove, you know, that this is, you know, that they are going. I'm going to prove that Amy is going bowling. Let me go grab this heavy bowling bag. And he picks it up and it's basically weightless to his surprise. Mm-hmm. And inside of it are high heels, a black dress and other things like that. 
Yep. So Sean asks Corey if there's any numbers on the back of the shoes, you know, like bowling shoes, like right above yeah. the heel spike if they're bowling shoes. Um, and Corey says, what does this mean? And Eric says that mom's going to be flashing some leg when she picks up that 710 split. And uh, they also find inside the bag a business card to a place they call La Bougia. Yeah. Which I, I thought was a restaurant at first. But there's dancing there apparently, so I guess it's a club, club restaurant, bar, whatever. Yeah, um, which I, I think that's like I, I don't know if this term was around back then, but um like a common phrase now is like bougie. Okay. So and that's awfully know. close to what that restaurant's called. Okay. I don't think that's a Fair good enough. name for a restaurant. Dude, what's a bougie? Bougie. Um if someone's bougie, it means that they're they're acting or behavior or behaving in a manner that's above their class. So oh. like, um, which huh. would kind of fit for uh, like an upscale restaurant for some okay. people, I guess that's bougie. Hmm. Um, okay. But well, thank you. I got some education on the word bougie. Today. <laughs> um, I, I don't think it was like, it's slang now. So it probably wasn't around back then, but maybe that was the origin. <laughs> maybe. Uh, so, uh, so Corey asks why she has this business card or whatever to Labugia, and Eric, who has previously said that you know all the girls are dating the seniors, says maybe she's dating the senior. Everybody else is, and I wrote mm-hmm. down, "Yay, pedo joke." <laughs> <laughs> I, I made a comment about that too on my notes, dude. Weird, <laughs> yeah. So. Amy eventually comes down um, Well, she's on her way down and they start packing up everything in a panic. And um, I didn't catch it on my first like watch through because I had to rewind a couple of times. But Corey is like laughing his butt off after they tried to pack up, pack up everything in the bowling bag and put mm-hmm. it down in like a panic. And when he sits down, he's still laughing. So he literally has to turn his head away from the camera and look at the back of the room to try to hide his, his laughter. Um which I thought was great. Also, great yeah, I missed that. In there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love any time that they legitimately laugh, especially between like Eric and Corey. Absolutely love it. Yeah. So, uh, so Amy comes down, she grabs her bag, and she leaves and pretends it's heavy. Even like makes a comment about it. Yeah. And uh, they start freaking out. And uh, and Sean says, "Oh, is there trouble in paradise?" So you know, clearly, we haven't said it yet, but we're indicating that she might be cheating on their dad, Alan. You yeah. Know? Um, which is it was really clear right out of the gate, right right from the gate. So uh, Corey tries to explain everything's fine. You know, Eric points at all the uh, you know all the events they had in the morning where Alan was trying to be affectionate, and you know Amy kept turning away or was too busy. So Sean Sean says they should get proof, like on NYPD Blue. Yeah, and he says tell her and talk dirty. <laughs> Dude, did you watch NYPD Blue as a kid? No, I didn't either. Okay. Um, I always love when these shows reference other shows. Um, yeah, not really a show that kids were watching back then. I didn't think so. so. No. But so far, we've had Beavis and Butthead, NYPD Blue, and we're going to get another one in the same episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so Eric says, you know, chances are if we tail her, we'll find her at Labugia in a cocktail dress, alone, bowling. <laughs> so how <laughs> to convince himself that everything's okay when he doesn't believe it is. And um, so they're going to have to go undercover as you know as two kids and sean says by day two ordinary kids by night two ordinary kids on a bus talking talking dirty dirty. yeah (laughs) so they run off and they give the the pizza money to sean yeah Corey says if he's killed find out the answer to the car wash problem and have topanga channel it to him which i thought was a good line (laughs) yeah anything about this before we they they left sean with a lot of responsibility they sure did watch their little sister and everything Yeah. yeah 
But they were fine with leaving her alone in the beginning of the episode where they all just left and yeah, dude, she was like, still there. Was she supposed to go to school? What was going on there? <laughs> what happened? I mean, I think everyone left the house. Like, what, what literally did she do? She, she <laughs> probably got the hammer and the whatever from underneath uh, the fridge and chiseled up her oatmeal and <laughs> spent the whole day trying to eat it. No, dude, Morgan's a survivor. I bet if any of these characters <laughs> would be a survivor, it would be Morgan. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if it went all Walking Dead and I have to choose between all those characters, I'm going with Morgan. She's a badass. So. Yeah, she survived a couple seasons being off screen. She sure did. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so right now we're in the living room, and it's uh, Sean and Morgan playing cards. And I, I believe they're playing poker. And he asks mm-hmm. Morgan what she has. And she says, cutely, three daddies and two mommies. And Sean goes, oh, you got a full house? And this is where we get our other episode reference or other show reference. Morgan says, full house. I love those Olsen twins, which I think at this age, they're older than her. I have to uh, think. You might be right. Which or is around the same age. Yeah. Um, I mean, when anyway. that show started, they were they were infants. Yeah, I don't remember. Did it start in like eighty nine, ninety? It started in the eighties. Okay. So, but I think maybe uh, around the same age because she's. I think maybe. she's five and a half. Actually, I went back and looked. Maybe. Um, Alan walks in and basically questions like the uh, you know, the card game they're playing together. Mm-hmm. And Sean was obviously teaching her poker, but Sean tries to say it was go fish. And um, Alan asks where his kids are and it was his boys. And Sean says that they're at the library. And Alan says, isn't the library closed right now? Yeah, at like 10 o'clock at night. So Alan goes to put uh, Morgan to bed upstairs, and Eric and Corey then show up. And they reveal that they, uh, they, they, they're telling Sean. They reveal that they saw their mom snuggling up with someone in the restaurant, in the <laughs> La Bougia, in the booth. And they're unclear who. They couldn't really get a good look. And Corey is like freaking out and afraid he's going to crack and tell his dad. Yeah. So Sean leaves and says, no, don't worry, I covered for you. you know, I told him that you're at the library. And Eric says they closes at nine. And Sean says, Yeah, your dad knew that too as he leaves. Um, and Eric and uh, Sean are trying. Go ahead, Mark. I was going to say a little bit earlier, Sean made the comment that this was the first time he was in trouble with somebody else's dad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that's kind of like ironic because as the series goes on, that's almost like a running, running yeah. joke where he's always in trouble with somebody else's dad. Mostly girls' dads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so, um, so Corey's panicking. And Eric tells him, don't worry, he's going to do all the talking. So Corey's literally holding both of his hands on his mouth and like shaking his legs and uh, in anticipation or nervousness. And uh, Eric sits down, Alan, as he comes down um, and sits him in front of the coffee table on the couch. And uh, and Alan asks where his change for a 20 is. Mm-hmm. But, speaking uh, of change. Eric's, Eric says, yeah, uh, speaking of change, there might be a lot of change coming to your life right now. Uh, yeah, it was a great transition conversation. Yeah, but they're it's funny how they're making light of what otherwise would be an absolutely devastating <laughs> thing. Mm-hmm. Dude, it would be freaking devastating to catch one of your parents cheating on the other one. Yeah. Dude, just floored, bawling, crying, distraught, maybe unable to talk. It would be horrible. But they're having a lot of fun with it. So, um So eventually, um Eric con- uh, confesses his dad that they you know took some buses to La Bougia and Corey's freaking out and Alan Alan removes Corey's hands from his mouth and Corey just yells mom was with another guy and then uh, Eric adds you know he saw their mom dancing and Corey yells again with another guy and uh, Amy shows up uh, like she pulls in and uh, Alan says, okay, no, I hear her pulling in, so let me let me go talk to her. And they think they just, like, crushed their dad. And yeah. Eric even says, I'm here for you, dad. 
Um, and, uh, and then I think Alan says something like, you know, thanks son. Or, you know, that's yeah. why I had a son or whatever. Yeah. And, um, he, Alan goes outside in the backyard to cut off Amy and says that we're busted. And they start like uh, smiling and surprised and, uh, mm-hmm. And she's and Amy's like, oh man, how'd they catch us? And Alan says, it's, well, they didn't catch us; they caught you. You know, they tailed you and, and saw you. So, um, mm-hmm. and he jokes and calls her a brazen hussy, which is just, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, it's, it's just a funny term. I've never called uh, anyone a hussy before. That's uh, very nice. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure I would do it jokingly or seriously. So, but anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. So Eric and Corey are watching them talk to each other from up in their bedroom now. And they see that they're kind of like quietly talking and Alan's even smiling. And Eric says, uh, well, Corey thinks that maybe it's a good sign. And Eric's like, oh, no, you know, Freddy Krueger smiles right before he stabs you in the face. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Corey notices that Amy walks away and she's just freaking out and says, we don't have a mom anymore. And Amy actually walks away to come upstairs and talk to them and tells them everything's yeah. fine. No, it says, oh, you did a little detective work, didn't you? Um, and uh, they make this little joke where, you know, Corey obviously cracked in front of his dad. And, you know, they couldn't keep it in any longer. And, uh, and Eric says, you know, Corey cracked simply because dad said hello. Um, and, and Amy starts confessing all the details about what she did other than who she had met. So she, you know, says she went out. She went to Labusia. Mm-hmm. She was wearing a dress. She's dancing with this most wonderful man, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Corey's like, shouldn't this be harder for you <laughs> to, <laughs> to confess your affair? And she's like, I was dancing with your father. And she doesn't add this, but you idiot. <laughs> so and Corey's su- surprised. And then Eric shows that he's the dumb one and says, dad's not our father. And she's like, no, you know, dad is your father. I was dancing with your dad. Um, you know, she's, she's shocked and appalled they would even think she's capable of this sort of thing. Yeah. Which, by the way, they would be appalled on their own if she was doing something like this and not mm-hmm. having – they wouldn't be so devil-may-care about it. Um, and Amy says that she has a career. You know, she raises kids. You know, she has that kind of life, but she's also madly in love with her husband, and she's trying to keep her, life, her relationship fresh, you know, keep electricity yeah. going. And Corey, also moron, doesn't understand any of that until she says, we want to stay hot for each other. And he goes, ew, and he's grossed out. This is the yeah. same kid – the same kid, Mark, who was recording them on the couch about to make out. I thought the same, same let's thing, see too. Some action. Mm-hmm. I, what is going on here? <laughs> what yeah, is this happening? might be the most inconsistent thing that has ever happened in the show. <laughs> and that's saying a lot. But it, I'm just kidding be, with that. Yeah, right. Yeah, he should be <laughs> cheering them on. Mm-hmm. He should be cheering them on um, because that's what he's into. He should have been recording the whole damn thing. Anyway, <laughs> he broke the camera. He sure did. Yeah. So... Amy compares this to like Corey cutting school and she asked Corey if he ever cut school and he's like, I'm not, no, I haven't. And she says off the record, which I thought was going to end with her grounding him at the end. Yeah. You know, for, you know, that's always like a joke, like off the record. And then you confess something, then nope, guess what? You're grounded. But, uh, uh, have you ever skipped school? No. Oh man. (laughs) Have you? Oh yeah. (laughs) No, we're going to need to talk about that in a second. So Corey says he cut school in the fifth grade and he went to the mall. And uh, Amy explains, well, you know, what was so great about being at the mall? You've been there, you know, hundreds of times before. You know, what made it cool was, you know, basically doing something you're not supposed to do mm-hmm. in secret. But go ahead. Tell me how you cut school. 
So, like, it was easy for me because both my parents left for work before I left for school. I'm like, I forget, like, 9th, 10th, maybe 11th grade. And, um, like, my plan was just stay home, play video games, and do nothing all day. Yeah. So, like, morning's going pretty good. But then at 9.30, the power gets shut off for routine maintenance. Oh, man. And it doesn't come back on until 2.30. So, like, I'm true, and so I really can't go out and do anything. But I'm stuck in the house, and there's no power. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that was the last time I did car- that. Oh, man, karma way. at its finest, karma. right? It got you. Yeah. Big time. So, um, so Amy is basically just trying to explain to them, look, there's shades of gray between right and wrong, especially as an adult. Mm-hmm. So Eric pretends to understand what she said. And as Amy <laughs> walks off... Uh, uh, she says, there's a guy in the yard that I have to give a night, good, good night kiss to. Obviously being Alan, but Eric runs to yeah. the window and looks down and says, oh, phew, it's dad. <laughs> yeah. Shades yeah. of things to come, right? Exactly. So uh, mm-hmm. anything else about this before we move on? I, I just thought it was funny where Amy was saying things aren't always black or white. And then Sean's like, or blonde or brunette. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, where did I miss that? Sean said that? <laughs> Uh, no, Eric said that. Oh, okay. Okay, gotcha. Blonder Burnett. Like, obviously, there's redheads, right? Yeah. <laughs> so he, he's just getting dumber by the episode. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening here. So um, our next scene, we're in the classroom, and Minkus is doing math all over the, the chalkboard. Like, it's completely covered. Yeah, and, and, like, did you see any of the math equations on the board? I meant to pay attention to it, but I did not, but please tell So me. It, it felt like whatever the writers knew just ended up getting pasted on the board. So you have E equals What's MC the, squared. You have the Pythagorean uh, theorem on there. Yeah, well, Pythagorean, sorry. isn't that A squared plus B squared equals C squared? Yes, sir. I'm pretty sure they definitely had A plus B equals C squared. Of course. Yeah, yeah so, okay. but. It's funny. Yeah, and with all that nonsense on the board. Oh, they even had pi on there, too, but. Um, with all that nonsense on the board, uh, Minkus claims to have solved uh, time travel. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So so first, um, as he's doing math, the next person, in, the first person in class after Minkus is Sean, who claps an eraser over his head and says good morning, which is a really messed up thing to do. It gets chalk dust all over his hair and face. Mm-hmm. And Feeney walks in late. Why are the teachers always late on this show? Are you late to your class, Mark? <laughs> so late. My homeroom? Yes. Um, Why? So um, my first class in the day, how they're split up, like I'm back to back with another teacher and she stands by her door. She looks into my classroom. She can see her classroom. What I'm doing during that time is I'm in the hallway where the locker banks are. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching the locker banks and like greeting students as they come in. Okay. So um, All right. it, it's kind of having an adult with the kids that are in the hallway and then another adult watching the classrooms. And I mean, it, it, it serves two folds. Like it makes sure the kids are getting to class on time. Um, there's no issues in, in the hallways, which is great, but it's also kind of nice just to greet the kids as they come in and um, yeah. have short conversations with them to see how they're doing. Um, and I don't know. It seems like they kind of appreciated and expected me to be there at a certain point. Got it. So. Okay. That's a little different. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway. So, uh, so Feeney walks in and recites the word problem again. Uh, so this is two classes in a row. They need to talk about this. And yeah. uh, he says, the answer is still not seven. Well, it's going to take says, two classes if they're only five minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Corey says um, he knows it's not. And the real reason mm-hmm. they were given the problem was to stop thinking like little kids and start thinking like adults. Uh, which is kind of a weak connection here. Yes. Um, Feeney asks him to explain how he arrived at that, at that conclusion. 
And Corey explains that you sometimes need to learn to think differently, which is why Topanga knew, because she thinks really differently. And uh, Feeney says he's never been so impressed by Corey in his education. Uh, and he also adds that the right answer is sometimes is that there, is, there isn't one, and that Minka's mm-hmm. work on the board is all for naught. Minka says it's not necessarily for naught because he might have discovered time travel, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Topanga asks if Corey's spirit guide. This is the one cool part. She asked if his spirit guide spoke to him and gave him the answer. And he says, yeah, my mom, mm-hmm. which, is, which is cute. Uh, yeah. Then we get our credits, right? And then we get our return scene. And Minkus, I'm going to let you take care of this one, Mark. So Minkus um, is at the board still doing math. What happens? So he discovers that time is no long that might not be linear, but just a series of repeating events. And then he turns into a bubble and disappears and then comes back and repeats the same line yes and then he's like whooshed away in some like cheesy special effects yep and then comes back and repeats the line a third time that time isn't linear that it's just a series of repeating events Mm -hmm. and then he's like nah and erases everything right Um, and that's it mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean if solving time travel with the pythagorean theorem is how it's done. I think it would have been hap- it would have happened already. <laughs> Especially when all you're do- trying to figure out is how two people like how fast it would wash a car mm-hmm. without any other variables uh, given to you. So um, I was actually watching something on time travel, and I forget where it was yeah. that um, the statement was that once time travel is invented, that you're only going to be able to time travel to points in time where the the technology has been invented. So if it was invented today. The furthest anybody could go back in time is to today, which would also mean that um, once the time machine's invented, time's no longer linear. Everything exists at the same time. Yeah, which is kind of weird. I want to, so, uh, and I forget whose theory that is, but I thought it was interesting. I want to elaborate on that and also tangent a little bit. Um, but before we do that, let's just wrap up this uh, this episode here. So mm-hmm. um, one thing about this episode and the previous one was I feel like I had to take a lot of notes to kind of write what people said because what people mm-hmm. were saying was the story rather than the yeah. story being actions. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, uh, like a lot more dialogue. Entirely dialogue. Like there's this thing, I guess, in show business, which is show, don't tell. This is all mm-hmm. tell. Tell, tell, tell. Um, and both episodes were like that, really with just one storyline a piece. Of our yeah. last two. All right. So uh, you were mentioning the uh, the time travel thing. Um, yeah. Are you going to go which, back to uh, aliens? Yes. <laughs> and, all right. So um, do you know who Bob Lazar is? Name sounds familiar, but. Okay. So Bob Lazar was a guy in the 80s who came out and said that he was working um, basically off of uh, in an area called S4, which is like a okay. subset of Area 51. Okay. Okay. And uh, his claim was that he was working on basically alien craft. Never saw any aliens, never saw anyone abducted, nothing like that. He bas- he got this job as like a contractor for the government. He was given some paperwork, shows up, and what's in there is alien craft. And when he first sees them, his first thought is, oh, okay, these are just like advanced fighters, military fighters. And he thinks it's mm-hmm. hilarious, right, that all these people think there's UFOs. And uh, it turns out that's not the case. He's there to help, like, work on these things and um, and take it apart and try to understand how it works. Specifically, how, like, a reactor powers this, like, I guess you can call it, like, a disc-shaped flying saucer, basically. 
And the way he says it operates, which is just fascinating. Um, he says like for years they thought that gravity was um, like that there's these things called gravitons, that gravity mm-hmm. was made up of particles. But now they know that gravity is like gravity is waves. Mm-hmm. And what the ship does to travel, uh, you probably think I'm crazy already. But what this ship does to travel is it basically creates like anti-gravity or like distorts gravity. And basically it's kind of, I guess the best way I can say it is it kind of like falls into place where it wants to go. One of the analogies he uses is he said, imagine that like, you have a bowling ball on a bed and you step on the bed and push it down and bowling ball rolls towards you. That's basically mm-hmm. what's happening here. And the way the ship moves is it doesn't move like horizontally, like a flying disc. It actually kind of goes belly up and the belly flies in the direction that it wants to go. Okay. Um, and he saw them demo it. And there's a lot of this crazy stuff. There's even a, uh, a documentary you can purchase, which is called like Bob Lazar, um, Area 51 and Flying Saucers, which is really good. But he did. He was on Joe Rogan's podcast to talk about it. Um, One of the reasons why I wanted to tie this in was not only the aliens, but he talks about uh, time. He says gravity affects time. And basically that you can – like he believes that we can find a way if we we can make gravity, which so far we cannot. He says this technology is far beyond us. And apparently – it's uh, at least partly or, or entirely done through this this element called uh, I think it's element one fifty one if I remember correctly. Uh, the interesting okay. thing about it is that he mentioned this element on the news when he broke the story well before it was acknowledged as a real thing, um, and like he believes that. Like if we can figure this out, there might be a time travel element to this. So just like when you said that, like, oh, like time travel, like if we ever do it, we'll only be able to go forward. That makes sense. And part of me was like, that's just freaking crazy. Mm-hmm. Like we're never going to get there, right? We're never going to be able to tra- travel through time. But he said a couple things like gravity bends time and it also bends light. So like when this, if this craft is above you, you can't see it because it bends the light mm-hmm. around it. It's just absolutely oh, fascinating. Yeah, that is. That is uh, I would, um, I would, I would encourage you uh, to watch the Joe Rogan podcast first, um, mm-hmm. just because that's how I got introduced to it. So I think it's a good way uh, to kind of get introduced. But I'm going to tell you something which is sounds pretty crazy. But this guy has me one. When you listen to his story about what he went through, uh, what the government did to him afterwards to try to like ruin his life. Uh, I came out of it a hundred percent believing everything he said, absolutely everything like that. Basically we found that we found like alien spacecraft on this planet. He says, I have no idea where they got it. He said there was like some indication that at least one of them was found in an archeological dig. He's like, so that would mean it was super old. If that was the case, he doesn't know. They, they don't share any information. Uh, says it's not very scientific because you're not allowed to talk to anybody else other than your one lab partner. You're only allowed to exchange ideas with one person. You don't get to see any reports. You don't even get to write reports. Someone comes by and asks you for your verbal report, and they write it down to try to you know bring all the evidence to wherever the heck it's going, like all the findings. Well, they've actually just recently declassified um, information that deals with like UFOs and like UFOs meaning. Yes unidentified flying objects yeah, it doesn't mean but alien. like the ufos in these recently um declassified events were like legitimately like seemed unearthly they were like tiktok shapes that did not have consistent TikTok. movement yep um where like yep. it would move horizontally then vertically in a manner that's like not consistent with like earthly space or earthly yeah, travel 
it doesn't so. seem to be infected by anything around it. Like, because mm-hmm. you know, it's just like um, if you took a car and moved it that quick, the people inside of it would rattle and they'd probably yeah. die. You know what I mean? Or an, even an aircraft. You know, there's nothing propelling it that we can see. It's silent. It moves super quick, and they caught it on radar. Like you saw that footage, right? Yeah. He, the things that they describe that they saw in that footage is stuff that he described in the '80s. Oh, interesting. And he saw more than one craft in there. He said he only saw it once. They had like the hangar doors open. There's only one time he ever got to mm-hmm. see all of them. He said they had nine. Um, and they even like they had people from other. I think he said Russia. Like he had Russian scientists helping, and eventually the government was like, "No, you can't have this information anymore. You got to go. Like it's just ours." And he said that that basically this craft that he was working on when it was activated you couldn't even touch it had like a force field almost like when you push two magnets together yeah and his comment was if we can do this now we'll basically uh we'll use it in the military you know mm-hmm. and whoever does it isn't unstoppable and that's one of the reasons why it stays quiet it's yeah. uh it's fascinating man um you can watch is the doc the the joe rogan interview i think is over two hours it's worth every minute um and then the documentary i think ticks in i'd say like an hour and a half to two hours yeah i think i've seen the movie uh maybe like i paid for and watched it it used to be on netflix but it's no longer it's bob lazar area 51 and flying saucers it's not it's not in like a uh it's not a movie based off real story it's a documentary it's so him and people so it didn't star will smith (laughs) dude no (laughs) no no it's funny when joe rogan's talking to him he kind of makes like a joke about uh, the Steven Spielberg movie, I think it's um, War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds uh-huh. mentions about like aliens being like buried underground. It doesn't even click with this guy because I think you can see he's not into it. Like he says, I'm not into alien scene. He doesn't mm-hmm. go on tours. He doesn't do conventions. He just wants people to leave him alone. And he gotcha. doesn't want to do the podcast, but he comes out and talks to Joe. Gotcha. And, uh, and here's the craziest thing, right? He has a picture that he was able to snap of the FBI raiding his house when he did oh, wow. the documentary because he was talking about this element. I want to say it was 151. I think I'm getting it wrong, the, the number but, wrong. Yeah, that sounds like a Bacardi. Or a, uh... But when they talk about this element, like in the documentary, they have to cut it off. Mm-hmm. And the next thing they show you is that he's texting the guy saying, they're raiding my house. Like they had their phones tapped somewhere like they went out into like a like the woods basically to talk have this conversation and they raided his house the next day while filming the documentary oh wow it's the second time it's happened in his life so uh, yeah uh, i'll definitely check that out oh dude it is crazy it'll make you rethink a lot um one of the funny things that joe rogan says is that like you know what would you do if you had this information for the government like you can't tell people hey by the way aliens are real we have unidentified craft have a good night you know, <laughs> like, like, you know, the, the joke he makes is like, who's going to win America's Got Talent? Who's going to win, uh, you know, American Idol? Have a good night. Sleep tight, everybody. You know? Yeah. Um. So I think that's one of the reasons why they don't tell us, because I would do the same thing. You know, if I was in that position, like, what the hell do you <laughs> tell people? Like, hey, there's yeah. these things that show up. They're more powerful than anything we have. And we don't know how to make them. We can't stop them if they showed up and want to do whatever they wanted. But hey, this is real. Anyway. That's all I got about aliens, Mark. (laughs) Don't watch Ancient Aliens, though. If you're going to choose between Ancient Aliens and and Bob Lazar, please go with Bob Lazar. Unless you just want a good laugh, then you can watch Ancient Aliens. So so back to the episode. What's your go-to pizza topping? Nothing. Plain. Oh, you're a plain person? 
Do you prefer like margarita or like your classic like football pie, just plain? Uh, Plain. So now there's a uh, caveat. I'm a barbecue chicken person as of late, like the latter half of my life. If I can barbecue chicken pizza, it's usually really good. Or um, you know what? There's this one place where I used to work. They used to do chicken parmesan pizza where it's basically like pieces of chicken parm on top of a pizza. Nothing else. And it was great. Their best by far. I'm, if I'm ordering a pie, my go-to is like bacon and onions. Nice. Yeah, those definitely go good in a pizza. So pineapple on a pizza or no? Um, I've had it before, and it's fine. Like it had like yeah. pineapple. It's good. It's just not I'm not going to order it, but if it's no. there, I'd eat it. If it's there, I'll eat it, yes. Uh, what I don't like on pizza is like peppers usually. Even though I like red peppers, I don't mm-hmm. like green peppers on pizza. I definitely don't do mushrooms. You get the hell out of here. Um, <laughs> sausage I just don't care for because it overpowers too much. Even pepperoni sometimes too strong so but okay. everything else i'm down yeah <laughs> yeah bacon can't go wrong else. with bacon oh yeah 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 bacon bacon makes everything better no i i think not only did we cover the episode this time but yeah. we've also covered um aliens and time travel so i, I think yeah, we're man. doing pretty good for this episode <laughs> yeah the, the whole spectrum everything that's important mm-hmm. in life boy meets world aliens time travel yeah all right pizza well, uh, <laughs> Thanks, as always, uh, for joining me for this, and I will uh, see you for the next episode.